0: John chapter 10, and verse 28. Everybody find it? This is the Lord Jesus speaking here, and He's making a promise. And He says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them, out of my hand I give unto them eternal life now here's my question is God's word enough is God's word enough now let's read the next question that's found in the gospel of John chapter 19 chapter 19 and verse 30 it says here when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost now here's my question Is God's work enough? Is God's work enough? Before I left my work, I was involved in projects that took me into people's homes, people that were spending a lot of money, people who had a level of expectation that sometimes in my mind was totally unrealistic but anyway this is how I made a living. I was very particular at my work, I was very fussy, it had to be perfect to the best of my ability and when I had finished my job and I had decided it was finished, I would then go to the customer to ask them if there was anything they saw that needed to be done. Now I had determined that it was finished. I had checked it over meticulously, I had looked at all the details, I had checked the project against my work description sheets, and I had come to the conclusion, it's finished. But the customer had a different idea. See she had been making a list as the project was going on, and that list would come out. And I'd look at and I had to come to this conclusion, I'm not finished. I thought I was, but she thought differently. Back to work, spend another day, going through her punch list, and then I'd come to her again. Is it finished? And maybe I'd get another punch list, different from the last one. Sometimes it just went on and on and on. I want to ask you tonight, when you think of Calvary, when you think of that phrase, it is finished. Is it finished? Is it? Or is there something that you feel needs to be done that wasn't completed? Now you know the story. Here is a passage in John where he is documenting the details and events surrounding Calvary. And he's taking us through the events that took place. And now finally, it's light again. And the darkness has been lifted. And the crowd is looking up to see the Lord Jesus as he's hanging on the cross. And they hear these words. And I don't think they were whispered. I think they were spoken with power and with triumph. And he says, it's finished. What's finished? What did he finish? Well, we all we often find ourselves occupied with his physical sufferings. And we read those passages that tell us that his, his visits was marred more than any man. you know. And, and we look in our minds at the cross and we see this form hanging there. And we recognize that men were very cruel. And they treated this man, this innocent man, God's son, they treated him very cruelly. And they beat him, and they whipped him, and they punched him. They pulled the hair from His face. They drove nails to His hands and feet. They lifted Him up on that cross and they ridiculed and mocked Him. But that's not what He's talking about when He says, it's finished. You see, when men had exhausted their hatred, when they had displayed the awfulness of their sin and action as they so mistreated God's Son, It was then when the earth would be clouded in darkness. And it was then, friend, when God came down to deal with this lamb that he had provided that could take away the sins of the world. And God begins to punish his son. Do you recognize tonight, my friend, in the meeting that God says there is no difference for all have sinned and come short? of the glory of God, that you fall short of God's standard of righteousness? Do you understand that in order for you to step foot in God's heaven, every sin that you have ever committed must be dealt with? And a righteous God must be satisfied before He can offer you forgiveness? Do you recognize tonight, friend, that there is nothing that you can offer God in payment for your sins? That you sit bankrupt and helpless and And hopeless, just the way I was. I want you to understand that in that darkness, when men couldn't see what was transpiring, God, the God of heaven, the one that we sinned against, was dealing with His Son, and punishment was being meted out so that a righteous God could look in mercy and kindness and offer you forgiveness and do it on a righteous basis. And God's Son is being punished He's being punished. All the sins. All the sins. God knows them all. Who have we offended? We've offended the God of heaven. You know, I'm so thankful tonight. I am so thankful that when it came to accumulating my sins, it was God. It was God who brought them all together. you think you could remember? Do you think that you could document The sins of maybe even today. When my Bible says an evil thought is a sin that bars a soul from heaven. But the one that we insulted, the one that we offended, is the one that gathered up my sins. And he laid them as a burden upon his beloved son. And then he began to punish his son for every sin that I had ever committed. Why, friend? Why? So you and I could be forgiven. Forgiven, So you and I could have eternal life. So you and I would never have to face the consequence of our sins. So you and I would never have to stand before God as a righteous judge and be asked to give an account for the times we sinned against God. He offered forgiveness because the work was completed. And my Bible says that every detail, every detail every I was dotted every T was crossed every jot and tittle is the words of scripture were completed at Calvary and when those words were heard it is finished there was nothing left to be done don't ask it tonight if you stood at the gates of heaven use your imagination you're standing at those big golden gates and the doorman meets you and he asks you why should I let you in Why? What will be your response? I've been a good person. You know, I've done a good job living my life as an upright citizen. I obeyed the laws of the land. I was kind to people. I expect God to recognize the good deeds in my life. Do you know what you're saying, friend? You're saying his work wasn't enough. wasn't enough. It's not finished. There's something else that needs to be added to it. And in your case, maybe it's your good works. Or maybe it's the fact that you've been faithful going to church. Or maybe it's the fact that you have devoted countless hours of your time to charity. And you want God to recognize that. But we've already heard tonight, friend, that for by grace are ye saved through faith that not of yourselves, not of anything you could do. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can tell you tonight on the authority of this word, there will be no one walking the streets of heaven who will be able to speak of any great feat in their life that justified them being in heaven. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And when I, a guilty, vile sinner, stand at the gates of heaven and I meet the doorman and he asks me, why, Mark, why should I let you in? I'm only a guilty sinner. But Jesus died for me. And he'll say, come on in, Mark. Come on in. Is that what you'll say? I'll ask you again tonight. Is the work finished? Is it finished? Is the client satisfied? You're not the client. You're the beneficiary. But you're not the client. You see, payment was being made for sin to God. And in order for God to offer forgiveness, he must be satisfied with that payment. And when the Son lifted His his head to heaven and said it was finished, in effect, what was being said is, God is satisfied, there's nothing left to be done, and He put His mark of approval upon that work, and three days later a stone was rolled away so men could look in and see that He had been risen from the dead, and now He's seated at the Father's right hand. His beloved Son has returned to heaven. And because he's living in heaven, I know that someday I'm going to be there too. And God has made a statement to the world. The work that was accomplished at Calvary is enough. It's finished. And all you need to do is believe that Jesus died for your sins and entrust your eternal well-being with God and have what I have, which is everlasting life. It is finished. You know something? This work will never be obsolete. I was talking about this earlier today. Everything we buy today, six months from now, is worthless. You know, I remember one day I walked into a client's home. She called, made an appointment. I walked into her house and I start to look around as she brings me into the kitchen and my jaw dropped. You see, for the first time, in probably twenty some odd years i was looking at a job that i myself had done twenty years ago and i was thinking to myself when i built this i built this to last forever this ain't going anywhere but the customer was saying to me mark i want to update my kitchen what do you mean update your kitchen i did this twenty years ago oh yeah mark But look, my fridge won't fit in the hole now. Look, you didn't leave a spot for a microwave. I I want a second oven. I have no place for a second oven. And my kids like to use the computer. I want a spot in the kitchen for the computer. And you know, now we like to watch the cooking shows, and I want a TV built in. What was she saying to me? Mark, what you did 20 years ago was good then. And it's no good now. It's obsolete. Time has made it obsolete. Do you think that can happen? With this work we're talking about? Do you think that's possible? That there might come a time when something unforeseen comes up that God didn't already know about and deal with the Calvary and it spoils the effectiveness of this great work? It's not possible. It isn't possible. The work is finished. And it never will be obsolete. And if you get this, and it becomes your possession, it will be the most valuable asset you have ever possessed or will ever possess in your lifetime. And you can hold on to it with absolute confidence that someday you will enjoy the wonders of heaven. And you'll never face the punishment of your sin. And you'll live a life on earth enjoying forgiveness And having a relationship with God. My Bible says the work is finished. And I want to ask you tonight. Is it enough? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Are you prepared to trust the work that's already done? Are you prepared to step out into eternity? Placing all your weight on that work that was finished. And nothing else. Are you ready to give up? any efforts on your part, and entrust yourself to God, knowing He's a God that cannot lie, and a God that cannot fail. And He'll take you from time, through space into eternity, and He'll introduce you to the mansions He's gone ahead to prepare, and He'll take you for the first time down those streets of gold to show you all it's yours to enjoy for all of eternity. Is His work enough? Is His word enough? This is word enough, you know. There was a time in business when I would make up contracts. I hated to do it, but I did it. And I was very, very detailed about exactly what I was going to provide. I had sheet after sheet. I wanted to make sure there was no questions. And finally at the end was the place where a customer signed. As they entrusted their $100,000 to me. Here, sign right here. And when you sign, it is my guarantee that everything that you have read leading up to this signature, I will perform. But, you know, I hated doing those contracts. And it wasn't long before I developed a clientele of builders and and developers and architects that got to know me. See, they got to know me. And they came to realize that when Mark says he's going to do something, he'll do it. He'll do it and it wasn't long before I was doing these phenomenal jobs on a handshake. That's all, just a handshake. And it was great. It was great working for these guys. Because they trusted me. But you know, there were times, there were times when I had to go back on my word. Because of something unforeseen. I found myself backed in a corner and I couldn't fulfill what I said I would do. And I begged these people for mercy. And try to help them understand I hadn't included that. I hadn't included that. You see, as much as I wanted people to trust my word and believe that I would do what I said I would do, I knew there was a very real possibility that I might not be able to fulfill my promise. Now, we read a promise in God's word. And he says, I give unto them eternal life. And he says, they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now you've got God's word. Not my word. God's word. God is making a promise to you tonight. And he says, I give you eternal life and you shall never perish. Can you trust him? Is his word enough? Are you willing to entrust your well-being on that promise. You'll never perish. Here's the description. No man can ever pluck you out of his hands. Can you imagine the security, the safety? Do you know why that is? You know why it's impossible for you to ever be taken out of the hands of this one, your savior? Because when he said it is finished, every enemy that was looking for your soul to claim you for eternity was defeated at Calvary. And there isn't an enemy, there isn't an enemy that can threaten you tonight if you are in his hands. All defeated at Calvary. So he could make you the promise tonight. I will give you eternal life. You will never perish. And no man will ever pluck you out of my hand. You have a promise from God who can't go back on his word. You have a promise from a God that cannot lie. And the appeal goes out tonight. And I ask you, is his word enough? Is it enough? Is it reliable? Can you count on it? Does it hold weight? You know, I could walk up to my friend here, David, and smack him. And walk away. Get in my truck with Paul and go home. And uh, say, you know, I would, that wasn't very nice of me. No, it wasn't. But boy, I hope now. Nah, Paul, don't worry about it, Marcus. He's all right. He'll be fine. My brother doesn't have the right to say that. I didn't smack him, I smacked Dave. Dave's the only one that can say to me, Mark, it's okay, forgiven. You understand what I'm saying? I can't tell you that you're okay. You didn't sin against me. You didn't offend me. I'm in the same boat you are. Apart from the fact that I know my sin's forgiven, we offended God, and God's the one that you need to turn to. For he alone is the one that can say, it's okay, you're forgiven. But you see, God's righteous character is such that in order for him to forgive you, he had to pay. He had to pay for that sin. And he did that at Calvary. And so now his word holds weight. It holds weight because the one that you offended is offering you forgiveness. And the one that you offended has paid the penalty demanded for that sin. And now he says... And you have a promise from God's Word. And you can rely on it. You will have everlasting life. And you know something too, and with this I'll finish. His Word comes with proof. Proof. We were talking about it this afternoon. The moment moment a soul is saved. The moment you reach out and you accept this gift. Rather than getting what you rightfully deserved. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's what you deserve. You see, if God gives you the payment that you've got coming to you, wages, you've earned death. Why? Because of sin. But it says the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's offering a gift tonight. It's free. It costs God everything. It cost Him His Son but he gave his son willingly so that tonight this gift could be offered to you. The work is done. You've got a promise from God. You can rest your eternity on it. And once you accept the Lord Jesus and he becomes your savior, my Bible tells me that God will indwell you and you'll live a life that you are incapable of living right now. You will have someone in you that is greater than the enemy that is in this world. And you will have proof, evidence in your life, every day, that you are a child of God. It comes with proof. And so with this I close. Is his work enough? Is it enough? Are you prepared to rest your eternity on it? And is his word enough? Now you've got it in writing. It's right here. You've got his word in writing. You've got a promise from God in writing. Can you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you trust him tonight? And will you accept him as your savior and enjoy what we enjoy? Forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. Shall we pray? Our Father, we would bow in thy presence this evening. We're thankful for the privilege of Tremendous message to God. We're thankful.